0: to see everybody here this morning. As you're finding a place, we're gonna we're gonna just jump right in. Let's open in prayer. Father, today we are so thankful to be right here. Because we know that God that you have placed us here for a purpose. And Father, the word that goes forth in a few minutes, God, I, I just pray that God that we would get all the all the junk, all the distractions out of our heart. God, that we open our mind to receive what you have for us. The God that we cancel the assignment of the enemy today over us. And Father, we say that we are your. Speak to us today, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, before our worship team leads us into a song that's uh, an old favorite of mine. When I said old, it's going to be older than most of the songs we sing. But I want to give you a reason why I requested this this morning. A few weeks ago... You know, I, we've had the music camp and then we had a guest speaker last week. So I, I've been just processing as a lot of times that God gives me a message and I'm really going to elaborate the next few weeks on this message. How many people remember the sermon, uh, The Long Walk, the, the, the passage or the, the illustration that I said was real quickly that a, a missionary went to a new area to work. And one of the, the men in that community brought him a shell. And it's a gift. And the gift was given to the man. And he the, the missionary thought, well, how nice as we do sometimes with a gift. And we place that gift over to the side. And you know, it's a nice gift, but it's a gift that, yeah. But one day a, a visitor came to visit or to be with the missionary, and he said, Where did you, wow, where did you get that shell? And the, the story went like this, that the pastor or the missionary just said, well, that was a gift one of the men in this area gave me. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. That That is a very valuable shell because anybody that is in this area, you realize to get one of those shells it's a long walk to the other side to get it, and and you can't just you know it's not an easy thing to get because you have to go on this long walk, and there's a lot of sticker bushes and, and on that side of the island, and and a lot of times they get scraped up, just getting the shell, and and they have to go down into this area of a beach that that you can't get to really because it's it, it's not really easy to get to by boat even, and they have to walk along this very sharp rocks that are like lava, you know, the, the sharp edges. And, and a lot of times the people that get these shells will come back and they'll be scarred up by their feet just to to go get this, this shell. And then when they get there, they realize that it was such a long, but they have to come back. And that's the shell that you have. And, and the missionary went, whoa. He said, I... I didn't know the value of that gift. And I really need to, again, tell the the man that brought it to me how much I appreciate it. And the story went that then the the man one day saw the missionary and the missionary said, I I never knew how hard it was and I really didn't thank you, I don't think, enough for the value of the gift that you gave me. And the, the, the man said the words that I want you to hear today. And he said this, he said, everybody around here knows that the long walk goes with the gift. Now this morning, the reason why I tell you that illustration again, and I'm going to touch on it every week during this series, is because God has given us a gift of eternal life. We know that. If if we're a believer, we know that that's the reason why we are joyful, that we know that our eternity, the blessed hope, that the hope that we have is ours, that God has given us that gift. But it's on, as you see up here, this isn't to keep the people from the the rock stars up here. (laughs) This is to illustrate the journey that I'm going to be talking about today in the sermon series that I'm starting today is called From Here to There. Profound, right? Profound. It's on the journey. It's on the long walk that we go. It's in processing as we go and what God has given us that we're acting out our salvation. So this morning as we are here to there, what we a lot of times get caught up is being unbalanced from the place of being always looking to the future or just looking to the present. So this morning I thought it'd be a great way to kind of kick off the service to kind of look to the future. How many people are going to heaven this morning? I'm in. I'm in. I'm up. We're going. I'm going. Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I'm going the first trip. So so here's what I want you to do. Some of you that are as Lisa said, a little mature, and maybe have heard this song before, oh yeah, let down your hair, and let it blow like the mane of a horse in the wind. As you sing it, you that are younger, that have never heard this song before, you're going to be like, wow, does Hillsong sing that? Kim Walker? Now this was back before I was born, I believe. One of my favorite hymns, I'll fly away. Why, why don't you stand? Let's sing this song.
1: Some black boy when this life is over. Oh, <laughs>
0: team is hot today. You may be seated. Did, Did you get it just a little taste of heaven today? You know, there's something about, again, keeping our eyes focused on the finish line, but not getting it so much on the finish line that we go blinded to the present. You know, there's been season in the church history that they get so caught up in going to heaven, they don't process their salvation out. They don't know about the people that are around them and walking in love. This morning, I wanted to start that out just to kind of give us an idea of out there from here to there. And it's in the knowledge of the day that we receive Jesus Christ into our our life that we are saved. But at the same time, we're really every day that we're being saved as we're we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And then there's a day that's coming that you could say that we are, that we have been saved when Jesus comes for us or the day that we pass from this earth on to what we call eternal glory. That day we're, we're saved. But it is in the process of being saved. It is the waking up and doing life and going to bed and, and going through the processes of life. That we find the difficulties. Anybody besides John Miller can say, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now now watch this. Th- this morning as we talk, it, it, there's something about staying right there. Boy, I tell you, it's tough. It's tough. One of those verses of that uh, song says, uh, a few more happy days and then. You know, the, the original lyric says, um, a few more weary days and then. I looked at Gwen and I said, who changed the lyrics? Now, I don't know who did but I wanted to say that we don't sing weary days as believers. We sing, oh, it's a happy day today. Now, I know that it's in the process of getting ourselves in the mindset that we say, circumstances will not dictate to me if it's a weary day or if it's a happy day. Now now this morning, this is so much of a key because it's in the process. You understand that complaining proves nothing but that you can hear the voice of the devil. So today we're going to be talking about how to walk as an overcomer. And if you want to turn it around into the different way of looking at how not to walk, if you're a believer. How to overcome in a world that it's in the process. It's in the processing. There's something about getting the knowledge that's important, but it's in working out and processing, processing the knowledge that we get. This morning, let me just start out with a passage in Philippians. In this passage, again, Paul is talking about God's team. And really, the whole meaning of this passage is God's team carries the light into the darkness if you wondered what team you're on you're on God's team okay so so let me just kind of hit the highlights in Philippians 2 verse 12 and 13 he says you ever since that you've come to God you know you've been obedient keep it up and then he says be energetic in your life of salvation reverent and sensitive before God now be energetic. I want us to kind of see this for a minute because it's so important. You can go through life and you can process the negative or you can process the positive. You can process walking in love or you can process walking in fear. Now watch this. The energy that comes inside of you, this passage of Scripture, look look what it says. That energy is God's energy. Now again, remember, God is living inside of you. The Spirit of God Dwells in you. The energy is God's energy. An energy deep within you. God Himself willing and working at what will give Him the most pleasure. In other words, the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead. That Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God the Father. Lives in you. So we can get up with energy in the morning. And when we go to bed, we're going... I'm not even lacking energy, but it's time to go to bed and sleep peaceful through the night. He goes on to say, don't bicker with one another. Don't second guess. In other words, don't let fear, doubt, and unbelief come into your life about what you're believing. Now watch this. He says that we on God's team need to, Be a breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh air. Anybody been in a still kind of maybe back room somewhere and 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 you come out and you go, ah, feels good, a breath. That's who you are. Where you go and wherever you are, you're bringing a breath of fresh air in a polluted, corrupted world. Well, pastor, I never saw myself as that. Today, I want you to. That's what we're working on as we're processing what God has done and who He is in our life. It goes on to say, carrying the light-giving message into the night. That's who you are. You, You can picture somebody carrying a ball of light of the good news of the message with them. That's you. So this morning on this sermon series from here to there, In processing it, the the first thing that I want us to talk about is overcoming fear that develops in our life. Now, now here's what I know, and I'm the pastor, right? Not only have I heard these messages, I've preached these messages. But every time that I preach or I study the message and how to overcome fear, I go, wow, I forgot that. So this morning, as we get into it, I want you to see it as fresh. Don't, don't go to the end of the story, what you've already thought, because we know that sometimes it's easier to learn something new than it is to unlearn something that wasn't true. So I want you to think how important it is as a believer to walk, as we've talked about being an overcomer, that the scripture. The, the You know, song we sung about Jesus uh, wearing the victor's crown and he overcame death. That God says, because I've overcome this world, so can you. It's the good news of the processing of who God is for us and what he's done for us. So this morning, I want you to understand that in the Bible, the number one command is fear not. Now, Now, stop and think about that. All the things that could be but the number one thing that is in the Bible that is the command that you hear over and over is fear not. When, when it's mentioned in the Bible, when Jesus says fear not, it's not for a condemnation or a, an assignment. Go, go, fear not. It's always there to say fear not because I'm giving you an, an empowerment by grace to overcome the fear that's in your life. Whatever it might be. If it's an initial, wow, I'm fearful. Or if it's a process of leading to a fearful state and and what that that entails. Now, the long walk becomes a long, hard walk the more that you allow fear to come into your life. Here's what I I learned again as I was studying this month. Because I believe that this message has been on my heart since the first year. I, I was talking to Lisa and Lisa was... Uh, we we're talking about some people that have just come to know the Lord and and really making a commitment to God. And she said, "What what is in your opinion some of the things that you know that her friends should know? What what are some of the things?" And I said, "These things right here. Watch this. As you become a believer, or if you have been a believer for years, the enemy knows that if he can knock you off track." You're on the road and you're processing, processing, processing all the Word of God that comes into your life that's transforming your mind, changing your destiny to a good one. And the enemy knows that by fear what he does is he cannot disjoint you from the body of Christ or or let's say the love of Christ because that's on you. That's your decision. But what he would love to do is get you and me to walk in fear and it's just like an arm that's out of joint, dislocated. It becomes useless of its purpose. That's the same thing the believer does, the believer in God that says, I'm going to heaven, I'm believing in God. And he says, Whoo, whatever that is, fear. And we go, oh, I'm paralyzed. I can't go any further. Now, let me tell you this every time that you believe the lie, which is leading to fear, you're empowering. The liar. Thank you. I thought it was good too. Listen, I cannot afford to live in reaction to darkness. If I do, then I'm allowing darkness to play a a powerful role in setting my agenda in my life. Now, Now watch this. I can't even afford to have a single thought that God doesn't have about me. You know what? I kind of like it. <laughs> He's my son and I'd say, settle down if I didn't like it so much. So you're free to kind of come on. Every time that I have a thought that I know God doesn't think about me and I entertain, you know, entertain that lie, that lie I'm empowering the enemy against me which then keeps me from bringing the light to everybody else in my life. <laughs> If I could have someone come to the organ and da da da, i would been. <laughs> Has anybody here today ever been so allowed fear to come into your life, and 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 you just you just dwelled on it and dwelled on it until it led to paralysis? I mean, you're just paralyzed to the place that really you couldn't even maybe sleep at night. I'm raising my hand. Anybody else besides John Miller? So, so, so could, we, could we go a step further than we know that you know how to meditate? Now, here, here's what we need to do. We need to fix what you're meditating on. The Bible tells us something that's probably the hardest for us to grasp, and that is that we do not war against flesh and blood. That, that's hard because it's coming out of that guy's pie hole and he's saying it about me. So this morning, if we can again just re- remember that the Bible says it's not that person, it's the enemy that's warring against us. Now, sometimes if we're not careful, we can even be used by the enemy to speak things that we know are wrong. So watch that. But I want you to see three passages of scripture real quick because we're not going to allow the enemy's team to be spotted some points just because we get out of love and we begin to walk into fear. Now now, real quick, if you got uh, you know, if if you've ever been to that place, I want to show you some passage that you can begin to meditate on. And sometimes, let me tell you, you need to write these down, type them out, put them on your phone, and bring them out. Every time you go, oh no, I don't know if I'm gonna boom. Meditate on the passage of Scripture, the Word of God. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 54. I, I, I want to speak this over my children, but also those people that have been put in, in my church. And, and it talks about children, but also spiritual children. Those people that are being discipled. I've been blessed to be a pastor. so So again... When I pray this, I want you to see this as people that you influence too in your life. It says this in verse 13. And all your spiritual children shall be disciples taught by the Lord in obedience to His will. Listen to this. And great shall be their peace and undisturbed composure of your children. Peace and undisturbed composure. In other words, someone could go, fear, fear, fear. And you go, what? Oh, no. (laughs) No. It goes on to say, you shall establish yourself in righteousness, which is righteousness in conformity with God's will and order. You shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction for you. For you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Why? Why? We terror not come before you because you will say no at the door when fear shows up because you have faith. See, fear... Knock, knock, knock. Faith opens the door and nobody's there. You'll keep your composure. Psalms 112 says that they fear no bad news. Oh! have you ever seen anybody that's always walking in fear let me just say this right here because somebody might be a person here today in fear and you feel like it's prophetic you know i just i just tell you things are coming bad the prophetic is used maybe to declare that there's things coming but that's not the goal being prophetic is saying here's what's coming and here's what i'm doing to pray to divert what is evil that is coming. So so people that walk in prophetic or discernment, and you might not, well, I'm not a prophet. Prophetic means that you have the ability to discern what's coming. But be careful that you're not just giving the part of doom and gloom, the sky's falling, just so that you again will look right. That made sense to some people and other people. They went, what? It's all right. It's all right. Isaiah chapter 51. Look at this. I love this. So the time that comes when somebody speaks in your life that, you know, that is not of God. And let me tell you, that could be a good person, but they're just speaking fear into your life. What if this happens? Now, listen, this is what the word of God says when the Holy Spirit came on Isaiah Hundreds, if not thousands, yeah, years ago, and and he wrote this down. Listen, it says, I, even I, am he who comforts you. God is talking. He says, who are you that you fear mortals, human beings, who are but grass, that you forget the Lord your maker? Then he reminds you who he is, who stretches out the heavens and who lays the foundations of the earth. That you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor who is bent on destruction? Now, let me say it again. He says, and when you walk in fear because of mere things that are happening in your life and people are speaking, he goes, and who are you to fear that? God's saying, do you know that it's not all about you? The enemy is coming against me and he's coming to get you. I've got your back. You want to put it in military terms? I got your six. Huh? I got your back. I, I got you. So many times that we forget that and we get all out of joint again, not fulfilling the purpose of bringing the light because we too are walking in fear. It can be over our relationship, it can be over our finances. You get a bill and you go, man, I didn't expect that. I don't have enough money. How am I going to pay? It can be on a health issue relation, all those things that can come into your life that can immediately... And God says, who are you to fear that? I've got you. If that doesn't bring thanksgiving in your life, you, you need to meditate on these passages of Scripture. Now, here, before I say the third one, let me just kind of remind you this. When, when you're on the journey from here to there, you're, you're from here to there, it's important that you make some decisions here. I'm not going to fear. I've got the passages. I'm not walking in fear, but that doesn't mean that I'm equipped. I I have these passages in my holster, so to speak, when the day comes and the enemy's going, fear, 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 and we're getting off track here. And we bring out the Word of God and it comes alive and we go, all right, okay, okay. And it confirms what God has done in our life from the beginning. See, the problem is, so many times we don't even know what fear is doing in our life until we're all the way back here, and we go, oh my goodness. How how did I get that far off a track? And most of the time, again, it goes back to changing our direction and then allowing time to get us back on track. Let me give you another one. Meditate on Philippians chapter one, verse twenty-seven. This is important. This will give you a little motivation when the day comes and some of the enemy begins to speak. And again, when I say the enemy, remember we did not war against flesh and blood. Philippians one twenty-seven says, Live your life as the good news of Christ says. It goes on to say, if I come to you or not, I want you to hear that you guys are standing true as one. He goes on and says that you're you're preaching the good news. Now watch this. Here's what I want you to see. Do not be afraid of those who hate you. Their hate for you proves they will be destroyed. It proves you, you have life from God that will last forever. Now watch. The enemy, again, wants us to get off track. He wants us to understand that the enemy is trying to dislocate our purpose by walking in fear. Now watch this, this is good. Every time that fear, ugly face, comes to you and says, I want you to walk in fear, boo. And you say no? On the PA of hell, the announcement comes, You're doomed for eternity, Satan. It just said that when you walk that way and say no to fear, it reminds them of their eternal destruction. Today you might not see yourself as a warrior, but all you have to do is say no to fear. And it reminds the enemy. They would love that all Satan's imps and demons and all the hell wants to give you, you say no to. And what they want you to do is get your mind on fear so that they aren't remembered of what they're going to have to encounter. But you're reminding them. I'm not going to walk in fear. Well, Pastor, what if my husband leaves me? What if I go bankrupt? It's all those circumstances that come and speak over our life to get us to walk in fear. And you say, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, now let me kind of shift real quick because we're going to have a time of communion at the end to remind us who we are. And also the, the people that are here today that wants to break free of fear in their life. We're going to have a time after that to come up and just I'm going to ask some of our prayer team to come up And we're going to pray individually for people because I believe in in the confession of the believer and and where two or three are gathered that we're going to bind that stuff and and free people from that stuff. But, But I want you to see this. Everybody here hopefully knows the golden rule. Everything you do... Do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the whole law and the prophets. The the question I want you to ask yourself is, what are you doing on the long walk concerning fear in your life? Somebody said, how would you treat a friend that lied to you as much as your fears have done? Okay, watch this. In 1 John chapter 4 is probably one of the most powerful passages concerning fear. It says this, there is no fear in love. Perfect love puts fear out of our hearts. People have fear when they are afraid of being punished. And and being punished is, I don't have enough money. I'm going to be left alone. And all the things that go with being in fear. When they're afraid of being punished. The man who is afraid does not have perfect love. Let let me just say this. They're, They're not walking in their identity of being a believer or a child of God. Verse 19. We love him because he loved us first, God. If a person says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. I didn't say that. That's in the Bible. Let me say it again. We love him because he loved us first. If a person says, oh, I love God. Can we sing another praise and worship song? But they say, I hate my brother. He stinks. He's got a bad attitude. That, that I'm kind of, you know, a little embellished. But hates his brother. He's a liar. If a person does not love his brother whom he has seen, how could he love God who is not seen? We have these words from him. If you love God, then love your brother also. Listen, when we walk in fear and God says, you know, and there's something that happens in our life that there's a breakthrough and it's kind of like, you know, the depression, you know, dark clouds and all of a sudden it lifts. You've been there with I have and you you kind of man. Watch this. When there is a breakthrough in your life, what you just heard is the message of God that should be bringing you to place a breakthrough. But when that that fear breaks, when you receive it, then there's something practical that you have to do in expressing that breakthrough of fear. This is something that's going to change your life. If you have not heard this or not applied it to your life, this will be a big thing in your life. When it says that when you say to your brother, I don't like you because you see him, but I love God that I can't see. What you're saying is, I love the spiritual realm, but I don't like the physical realm. John the Baptist said, you bring your fruit of repentance. In other words, what is your visible, physical realm experience that people can see? James is talking about if you have faith, you got to have works. In other words, your works are physical things that you're believing for in the spiritual things. Amen? OK, just seeing if you're with me in your process, it's OK. So so when you. When you get a breakthrough, it's because now it is compelling you, the word of God, to do something in the practical world to reach out to somebody else that is going through the fear. That That's then bringing fruit of your deliverance and putting it in motion. Let me give you an illustration most of the time we like the people we like to be around people that make us feel good about ourselves is there anybody here that likes to be around a person that just always you're a loser you're ugly you're no good i don't know about you but i <laughs> i'll see you next lunar moon you know whatever I'm a, i don't even know when that is but hopefully it's a long time and then after that we go hey hey <laughs> you over there i'm going to stay over there And I'm not pointing to anybody over there, but over there, you know. But we love people that make us feel good about ourselves. In other words, people that walk in love. Now watch this. This is so important. If you go to somewhere like a group that you enjoy, chances are somebody in that group, if not the whole group, reached out to you. Here's John Miller. When I'm in junior high and I go up to the counter and I go through the lunch ladies are putting on all those food and then I turn around and I go, oh no, where am I going to sit? Who's going to accept me to sit at their table? You know, junior high, they're like a bunch of piranhas, you know, eating. (laughs) But if you ever go to a group and somebody in the group says, hey, 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 come over here and sit down. ooh. That person is walking in love. I don't, and then all of a sudden, you're, this place even smells good. It is great to be a part of this group. My life is changing because of this group. Now watch. You, you experienced love versus fear because fear says nobody in that group wants you. That's why a lot of times you never go to the group. But if the group accepts you, one person in the group even, you go, I love that group and I love that person. The day that comes when you feel like that person either leaves the group or that person is not as loving to you or accept. Oh, I, don't, I don't like this group anymore. I don't they're not they're not good. And really what they're saying is they're not I'm not feeling love anymore. Everybody with me on that? So here's the thought they're not loving me anymore the question is who are you now loving because the grace was given to you when you came into the group to be in the group you should be immediately looking how you're going to pour out love to somebody else just let you process a second That's life-changing. Here's the important thing that you have to know. When you get a breakthrough in walking not in fear, the next step is to find someone that's worse off than you and go pour love into them. Now watch this. It is not easy. It is much easier just to stay out of the group. Some of you will go back and look for this message on Facebook. What message was that that he said that? Because the Holy Spirit's going to bring that back to your mind. Sometimes it's easier just to be loved by other people, but we don't love other people. It's all about this guy, and I'm not feeling your love. Come on now. It's a long walk and that comes with the gift of what God has given us. But it's time to get up and start walking this thing out. It's time that we quit being impressed with our problems. The deliverance starts when we stop being impressed with our problems and say, God, today I'm going to take a step out of this fear. I'm going to be fearful if I reach out my hand, someone's going to reach my hand, their hand back and shake my hand. So I'm just not going to shake hands with anybody. Do you know Daniel and Giselle? You know they're kind of hoping to go before another interview to come to America. They're from Brazil. They're a young couple. They're doing everything legal as immigrants. and it's a, But you know what? The one thing that maybe all of us, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but if you've ever been in a group that they've been a part of, it is amazing. I laugh and, Gwen, and I've been teaching my kids this since they been little, is every time that they come in the door, they go around and say hi to everybody in the group. Hey, how you doing? Love you, love you, love you. Love you. And, and they're not running for political office or anything. It's not cheesy. But there's a sense of, I just love them. Anybody with me? Why is it? They they make it fruit of what they believe in. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. That's right, and I never want to discount that. And if I was going through what you were going through right now, I would probably be challenged as much as you. But we all should agree that we want to get out of that and we need to find someone to serve that's worse off than us. Love has to become practical. We have to see fruit. Otherwise, when we don't, we, we become demoralized and we want to withdraw into ourselves and we say, you know what? I, I just want to, I want to draw inward because it's so much safer. What I found out is we judge others by their actions. We judge ourselves by our motives. Do you know how many times a day my wife is wrong? Hey, <laughs> you go, whoa, it's supposed to be a whoa on John. Because I judge her by her actions. I judge myself. On my, well, I never meant that, so I'm not bad. It's the same thing in a group at the place that you work. You judge other people if you're not careful by what you see them doing. So let's turn that around. Let's start doing things that people can actually see on us that we're believers. We're actually light bearers. They go, oh man, it's been dark all day. So glad you're here. Okay, we're we're wrapping it up. If we continue not to walk in love, but walk in fear, let me just show you a fence. You're you're you're, on, you're planting. You're, you just have fertile ground for being offended if you're walking in fear. Matter of fact, you have an, a file cabinet that's empty that you're going. To. Anybody? Oh, there's an offense right there. Anybody? You're ready to be offended in some way if you're walking in fear. You'll be looking for things. Now watch this. Here's the process, and we'll we'll get into talking about this in weeks to come. But offense, when it happens, it's being conceived, and then bitterness is born. And then when bitterness comes, really, it's murder. Now, Now let me explain that. The enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. When we walk in fear and, and then bitterness is... There is, really bitterness is, ready? Murder, but in diapers. That's what bitterness is. And so we begin to see things that will begin to manifest, which means out of the, the things of our emotions and, and spiritual realm, we'll begin to see things that the enemy is stealing and killing and destroying that we go... wow. Oh, Why is all the circumstances that are in my life beginning to turn to the negative? Because we've allowed that stuff to develop in our life, bare roots, which is underground that we can't see, but it has taken hold. And another way of saying it is an illustration is a stronghold in our life that we'll talk about when weeks to come. Second, Timothy 1, 7 says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a but of what? But of power, love, and of sound mind. That you have the ability in the moments of fear in the middle of the night. John Miller sometimes in the middle of the night has to get up and has to quote passages of Scripture because the enemy says stuff. And you know what he says to me? None of your business. That's what I'm going to say to you. None of your business. But I'm telling you, he speaks into my life like he does into your life. And he says, what about this? What about that? What if that happens in your life? And there's nights that I've had a... Come on. Come on. This is so important in the believer's life. And it's something when someone says, I've had a a tough day. I've had to fight fear. But if if they say, you know what? I'm I'm having a tough week and then a tough month. This has been a tough... If you're not careful, it'll turn into tough life. And and when somebody says that God has given us the ability to have life to the full, to the overflow, you go, that's not true. That's not for me. Now let me wrap this up and then we'll take communion, which again reminds us of who we are. This is who I am in Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm I'm the believer of God. I believe that what he says is true and he can do what he says he can do and I can walk without fear in my life. So watch this. It is important for us to begin to confess. First of all, God forgive me for not trusting you. Then we begin to pray, God, I pull down strongholds. I have created in my life against the will of God and his gift for my life. This morning, we need to quit looking for someone to blame and take responsibility for where we are in our life and say, God, today is a shift. And it's going to take me some time to confess out of my mouth and to believe the scriptures that I'm reading, those passages, and I'm, I'm not going to walk in fear. And over time, again, the detour that we took, we get back on the right track. Nobody here today is saying you're perfect. Nobody is saying anybody's perfect. Me. No. No. What I'm saying is when we get into fear, we limit what God has for us. And in limiting, or allowing the lie of the enemy to empower him, what we do is we do not live in the fullness and the the purpose of what God has created us to bring light into the world. This morning I want the worship team, if they would, to come back and we're going to spend some time in worship I tell you what, uh, can you take this down? (laughs) This morning as we walk through life and we begin to process the things that we just heard about, that, that we make plans ahead of time to think, okay, if to walk without fear is going to be a decision, I, I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. So I do need God. But can I take it another step for you? I need the people that are around me. Because sometimes when we walk by fear, you know, the the men, the John Wayne mindset comes out. Well, oh, I don't need anybody. I'll pull my. Come on now. It's time to say, you know what? Help me in overcoming this in my life. I believe that the first thing is to remember who you are in God. And it's who God says you are. It's not who you say you are. It's originate from God that says, you are my child. You have been chosen by me. You didn't choose me at first. I chose you and therefore I died for you. There's so many people that have got this opposite i'm special so god loves me no you're special because god loves you so this morning as we allow our guard to be let down and say god and this morning if you're here and you're saying you know i've been walking in fear you know how you know because everybody around you might not be right you know then you say god i ask for forgiveness I haven't been walking in love and trust this morning. Would you just stand with me and we're gonna sing a song? I'm gonna take we're gonna take communion, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into a time of prayer. Sing this song as the ushers begin to serve you.
1: The atmosphere is changed. For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here The atmosphere is changed your love so?
0: song says, the reason we came is to encounter your love and your love is around us this morning as we take together the Lord's Supper to remind us who we are in Christ. Remember that in a few minutes, if you're needing somebody to reach out to you, then then it's going to take an action on your part to come forward to pray. The word of God is true. But just because we know the Word of God doesn't make it true in our life. We have to act upon the truth. This morning, I want us to act upon the truth of who we are in Christ Jesus. That Jesus came to die on the cross and in doing that, our sins are forgiven once we accept what He did. That we make Him not only Savior, but Lord of our life. That means that we do not have control of our life, so to speak. We we allow the Word of God to dictate who we are and what we do. So this morning, as we take the Lord's Supper, the the bread and the the juice, I I want us to go a little bit in a different place this morning. Last Sunday night, we, we saw a video of one of the early church fathers. And it was talking about how he spoke uh, for the Christians, even uh, in the middle of persecution during the Roman Empire, and, and if you were here, you realized that that Christians could be just taken out and really killed. And and the thought of that to me over this last week of thinking that today that that Christians back then would meet in secret, that meet in homes or they might meet in a cave. Uh, uh, the place of Rome where all the bodies were kept. What is that? Catacombs. So this morning, can, can we just appreciate that that we're here this morning in a, in the US of A and we have rights and all But, but in a minute, can we just, in a, just for a second think that we're in a cave this morning and the governing body says that we're not supposed to be doing this. But we as Christians... Say, we'll, we'll take the chance. Because of what God did for us, we are believers to the point of death. Can you say that this morning? Would you say that? This morning, would you take the bread that represents the body of Christ? Thank you, God. This morning, let's take the cup that represents the blood of Christ that, that heals all of our diseases. And by His stripes we are healed. It brings life because of the redemption that Christ has provided for us. Let's take it together. This morning, if our prayer team that has prayed before, would you just come up? Several couples. And this morning, I'm going to ask you just to to spread out prayer team. This morning, you act upon what you know. And sometimes the first action is going, God, I repent. I need somebody to stand with me so that I can get better. There was a man in the Bible at the Pool of Bethesda that for 38 years stayed in that same spot. And when Jesus came, he said, do you want to be healed? And the guy says, nobody's here to help me. For 38 years, you can't get close enough to the water to have somebody even kick you off into the water? Come on now. Each one of us have to come to the conclusion, I'm tired of being here. From here, I need to go there. This morning I'm going to ask ask you to have a step of faith. Come on. Come on. Let's agree in prayer and believe what God's Word says. If you need prayer, come on down to the front. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.